This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, do you pay attention to small things or do you wait until they become big things? Find out one pilot's opinion in Rental Pilot Reluctance by Sebastian Tunison. Flying rental aircraft can pose some interesting challenges. There was always extra uncertainty about maintenance, safety, and airworthiness. I've always tried to do thorough pre-flight inspections, but especially so when flying an unfamiliar airplane, or one that others have flown before me. Since these aren't my airplanes, I don't have the owner's familiarity and awareness and must rely on others. However, over-reliance can lead to dangerous situations, as I learned the hard way some years ago in Danbury, Connecticut. I had flown the Technum P92 Echo out of the local FBO on several occasions without incident. However, the last time I had flown it, I had submitted a squawk regarding the elevator. It had felt sloppy during flight. I therefore paid special attention to it during the pre-flight inspection on this day. Something didn't feel right. So I returned to the office and asked if this had been addressed by the maintenance crew. I was assured that it had and that everything was okay. As a relatively low-time pilot, I was reluctant to challenge the experts, and I pushed my little niggling worry to the back corner of my mind. On takeoff, the little Rotax quickly accelerated us down the runway. I eased back on the stick, and the airplane climbed swiftly. As the threshold flashed by below, a slight shudder ran through the control stick. Turbulence, I thought, not unusual in this weather. I banked to the north and continued the climb. 1,500 feet, and I retracted the flaps. The shudder came again, only stronger, this time accompanied by a banging sound, as if somewhere behind me someone was trying to get my attention. Whatever it was, it worked. I became hyper alert. Waiting for whatever came next, I continued to climb. More altitude can only be good, I reckoned. Bang! Bang! The noise increased as the shaking got worse. The stick bounced around in my hand and controlling the airplane became more difficult. 
Then the banging stopped as suddenly as it had started. But so did the movement of the stick. I had no pitch control. I could still move the stick side to side, but fore and aft, it was frozen. I had to get back on the ground before things got worse. Danbury Tower, 120 Sierra Foxtrot, I'd like to return to the pattern. I radioed the tower. Sierra Foxtrot, I dent, came the response. Pushing the transponder button, I let the controller know where I was and gently banked to the right, away from the town and out over the hills east of the airport. Sierra Foxtrot, right downwind, runway 35, number 2 to land, the controller advised. Report midfield. Report midfield, Sierra Foxtrot. A citation jet coming in from my left was on short final for the intersecting runway 26. It passed behind me as I continued downwind for runway 35. This gave me time to think about how I was going to get the airplane back on the ground. I could bank the airplane, but I couldn't adjust pitch. How was I going to manage? I didn't want to make any sudden moves or use any force on the stick. Further downwind, I added 10 degrees of flaps. The nose pitched forward. More flaps and more of the hills below became visible. I retracted the flaps and the nose pitched up again. I had some control. The elevator was jammed. But what about the trim tab? I added some up trim and the nose pointed higher. Between flaps and trim, I figured I could land this thing. Sierra Foxtrot, say intentions, crackled through the headset as I was turning on the base leg. Are you staying in the pattern? Negative, I'll want to pull off and check the plane. I've got a bit of a problem, I replied, banking the plane into the final approach. Are you declaring an emergency? Negative, I've got limited control, but should be okay. I hoped I sounded more confident than I felt. I deliberately came in a little high, avoiding the swirling winds that usually greet anyone landing on runway 35 on a hot day. Engine almost at idle, full up trim, controlling the pitch with the flaps. Oh, for a Johnson bar instead of electric flaps. Half flaps, airspeed a little above the stall, 150 feet over the pond at the end of the runway. Looking down, I noted the resident swan, oblivious to my passing as it glided across the mirror-smooth surface. Fifty feet over the threshold, the runway approached so slowly. It seemed to take forever. Just above the runway, I cut the power and the main wheels touched lightly, and I was on the ground. A touch of brakes, a quick turn, and I was off the runway. I pulled into an out-of-the-way corner of the apron and shut down, anxious to learn the cause of my predicament. I'd heard of stones being kicked up on gravel strips and jamming the elevator. But this was a paved runway. What could have happened? Climbing out of the cockpit and looking back, it was immediately obvious. The elevator sat askew, its left side drooping down. A quick examination found that one of the two bolts that normally held it in place was broken. One piece was gone, and the other was jammed into the hinge. Who knows what would have happened if that had gone too. Flying is man's second greatest pleasure, says the sign at the airport. Landing is the first. So true. 
The lesson I learned that day has stuck with me. Regardless of what I'm flying or with whom, if something doesn't feel right, I address it. I won't push those niggling worries away anymore. I'd rather look foolish than stupid. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out AOPA's mobile flight planning app, AOPA Go, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. Fly safely.